From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplug Roundtable Discussion, email edition for December 10th, 2009 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined by my good friends, Walter Eccles, Kathy Worling, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Back in the peanut gallery, Julie Martin, Teresa Eccles, and Max the Intern. Um, we are going to read uh, your emails and play your voicemails on our show. And to let you know how to contact us, if you would like to send us an email for us to answer a question or make a suggestion or yell at us about something you don't like. The email address is john at <laughs> no, uh, podcast at wdwinfo.com or you can go to our show notes page at podcast.wdwinfo.com and fill out the feedback form. And if you'd like to leave us a voicemail toll free in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico, one 9662 uh, the local number here, 407-574-5093. In the United Kingdom, toll-free, 0808-120-2316. And in Australia, toll-free, 1-800-774-531. And, uh, all right, we're going to get started with our first voicemail this week. Comes to us from Sylvan Leroux in uh, Quebec. Uh, I'm sure I didn't pronounce his name right, but uh, he has some uh, information to share about his experience getting a wheelchair for a member of his, of his family the last time he was here on vacation. So here is Sylvan. Sly, as I think he is called. Thank you, Peter, and greetings from up north Montreal, Quebec, Canada to the podcast team and all your listeners. My name is Sylvain Leroux, Sylvain Sly Leroux on the boards. I was listening to your last email show and I have to share my experience renting a wheelchair for my mother-in-law when we were in Walt Disney World in January 2008. Uh, I wasn't uh, happy with the process of renting a wheelchair each morning and having to return it uh, each night. Uh, furthermore, we needed the wheelchair also from uh, and to our hotel room. So I decided to ask the concierge at the Caribbean Beach Resort if it was possible to rent a wheelchair on a weekly basis from the hotel. I was not seeking for any deals or any special treatment. Well, to my surprise, the concierge leaned over and told me that not only it was possible, but it that it would be free, free of charge. The only thing he asked for, and it's, uh, of course, a uh, standard procedure, was a deposit. And up we go. We were settled for the whole week with the wheelchair. We had the wheelchair from and to the hotel room, and we also saved a lot of time not having to rent it each morning and returning it each night in each park. That every day. To this day, I still don't know if I was just lucky, but uh, I can tell you that it uh, certainly doesn't hurt to ask. 
I thank you very much uh, for your excellent work on the podcast and all that you do on the boards and on the web. Uh, and I can tell you that you are certainly the uh, the right medicine to my Disney blues, since my next trip to the world is in 768 days. Until then, back to you, Pete. <laughs> He sounded like Celine Dion. He sounded like Count Dracula. <laughs> no, 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 he did not. He had a great voice. Was he does have a great voice. No, Count it was Dracula. Pepe Le Pew. Oh, you know. I thought he was Pew. Pew. Okay, this here, here, you know, here, this guy with a great voice. He does have a great voice, though. and he put some time and some effort. And the minute he's done, what are you doing? You're trashing no, him. No, we're loving him. I'm loving Pepe that. Pepe Le Pew, Count I Dracula, Celine Dion. I would never make fun of our listeners like that. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin. You were raised right. You do it behind your back. I do. <laughs> now this was a that was a great voicemail, Sly. Thank you very much for uh, for sending that in. Uh, I, I don't know. I haven't uh, I haven't heard of that. I um, thought that that was if they're available and like they had so many at a resort, and as long as they had them, you could do that. But once they run out. You're See, out of have, luck. And I always thought the ones that they had available at the resort were for use at the resort, Me not too. for you to take to the parks. That's what I thought. I've seen ones in the park with resort names no, so on them. Maybe that, you know, See, but I've I never done it, it so I should have done it. I was under the impression that that was not allowed. But if he was allowed to take it, good for him. Good for him, absolutely. Yeah. And like you know, like he said, it doesn't hurt to ask. So you know, it may have just been a scenario where he got lucky. But uh, certainly, you know, when did uh, he say he was here? 2008. 2008. Oh. I was going to say maybe they had a slow... It, he was here during a slow time or something. You know. Well, it certainly doesn't hurt to ask. I think that's a great tip. So thank you very much for sharing that with us. And uh, please call in again. I, I enjoyed listening to your, your accent. Too. So, all right. Who has an email they would like to read? Oh, Teresa. Over here. I'm ready. Okay. You ready? That orange jumpsuit you're wearing is, you know, very hard to miss. So. Rather prison-esque, actually. <laughs> Will you pick yeah, up trash I, I was just going to say. We, we, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's, it's melon. It's not. It's, it's, that's what I was thinking. It's melon. Oh, <laughs> Department of Corrections orange. <laughs> are, you, are you suitcasing? I just got this shirt. Walter taught me a new word. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. He learned it in prison. As someone who worked in the prison, he didn't. I forgot who it was I was talking to, but I was talking to somebody uh, right after Walter stopped working over at, uh, for the Department of Corrections. And I said, you know, ever since Walter's left the prison, you know, it, he's been so much happier. I forgot who I was talking to, but she looked at me and she went, what was he in prison for? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, 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 I wasn't, you know. <laughs> like my sister-in-law. Plant abuse. <laughs> so, but uh, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Are you all ready? Convict 837241. <laughs> Melon. All right, this one comes from John Gallahorn. My family will be staying in Fort Wilderness Cabin for the first time in February, and I have a few questions about the resort since I've never been there before. Stupid question, but where do you check in? I'm also wondering about the internal bus system at Fort Wilderness. I know I'll depend on the location of our cabin, but I'm trying to figure out how much time I need to budget for transportation to the parks and also to places like Trails End and the Wilderness Lodge since we have ADRs there. 
I know Pete and Walter stayed there last year, so I thought maybe they'd have some good advice to share. Thanks, John. What was the question? (laughs) (laughs) Kidding. Kidding. So what's the answer, Teresa? The answer is you check in at the little check-in, yeah, you know check Kevin. You, 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 you notice how she picks the questions that are... No, I know the know. answers to this. Okay. Over here, over here. Okay. See me? I love the answer. You check in where you check in. <laughs> no, when you first pull that in... clears it up. You first pull in and park. It's very clearly um, signs leading you where you need to go. Right. Now, when you first pull in, it depends on what you're driving. If you are driving uh, one of the big uh, motor, motor homes... Uh, you kind of pull just straight ahead, and there's a big. Well, they're staying in a cabin area, so okay. I'm letting. This is for everyone who's okay, listening. Cool. Um, if you're driving, uh, you just pull around to the parking lot. There's a you know a big building right there. There's ample parking, yeah. And you can also rent your um, golf cart. Golf carts there. Mm-hmm. Sure. As the question to the internal bus system, we used it last week. I think it's wonderful. Oh, great system. It really is. It, it really is. I have an aversion, uh, an aversion to all forms of mass transit. So, you know, I hate internal buses. I'd rather spend the $60 a night on the golf cart to be able to go where I want to go. It comes frequently. It's on time. Very it's frequently. Very, very easy to get around. So, um, I still want the golf cart. It is. And to get over to Fort Wilderness Lodge... Tell me if I'm mistaken, but you can't take a boat over there? That is correct. So, And there's also a bus. Well, um, no, actually, I don't think there – I think there, uh, there was a period in time where they were doing some bus service because they – I think the pool at uh, at Fort Wilderness was closed, and they were letting Fort Wilderness guests go over to uh, – Lodge. Uh, to the lodge. So they were running bus service. I don't know if they do it on a regular basis, though. But the bus from the Wilderness Lodge stops at Fort Wilderness if it's going to, like, Epcot and places like that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So I recommend the, the bus system. We used it, and I – yeah, it, I've know, it, it, it's, it. it's and it's fine. It it's really, very convenient. It not, it's not, you know, it's very convenient. It's but the golf carts are cool too. Especially, <laughs> especially staying in the cabins. Pretty much wherever you're staying, you're a one minute walk away from a bus stop. Now, the only thing you might want to think about is if you're staying in the tent and you're too close to the bus stop, you'll hear buses running up mm-hmm. until what? You will, like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, they just run every fifteen minutes or so. So you might want to keep that in mind. Can you park your car next to the cabin? Yes. So you yeah. can drive yes. your car in yes. But your guests can't, right? You're allowed, what, one car per cabin? I believe so, yes. Because there's only one small pad. Because yeah. when we come to visit you, we had to... There's enough room there, Yeah, there's enough room for my SUV and the golf cart uh, in the driveway. So, so I wouldn't think there would be enough room for two full cars. No. See, I did know the answers to this. I'm of. very impressed. So, huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> very, very impressed. All right, who else has an email they'd like to read? I do. Mine is from Mike, who is Mikelin on the board. Mikelin is, I'm sorry, Mikelin 6. Mike's from Aventura, Florida. I'm looking to buy some artwork at the Art of Disney store, and I'd like to know what the Walt Disney World store policies are about refunds and exchanges. If I buy something at a theme park, can I get a refund or exchange it at Downtown Disney, or do I have to return to the specific location? Is there a time limit to get an exchange or a refund? <clears throat> I believe it's 30 days, Mike. I actually answered Mike in a private email, but I thought this was a good, uh, a good email that other people might be interested in. Disney's pretty lenient about where you purchase things and where you return them. I gave him an example. I purchased something at Food & Wine last year that didn't perform up to 
my expectations of how it was going to perform. But I bought it from an outside vendor in Epcot. Actually, I bought it from the Australia vendor, and it went back because it didn't do what I thought it was going to do. And I returned it. I had uh, it was when we were doing the review for the Mayan the Maya Grill at Coronado Springs, and I returned it at the gift shop yeah. in Coronado Springs. So as long as you have a, a Walt Disney World receipt and you're within the 30 days, you can pretty much return what you purchase anywhere. So if you're buying something at the Art of Disney in Epcot, I'm certain that they would be able to exchange it or refund it at the Art of Disney in downtown Disney. Something else to keep in mind, they don't always have the same stock. There might be a possibility that the downtown Disney store doesn't have what the Epcot store had or at least have that particular item. So I hope that helps. Cool. Thank you very much for that, Kevin. Our next voicemail comes to us from our friend Joe G. in Boston, who has some comments to make on some of the recent changes at Disney. So here is Joe. Hey there, Pete, John, Walter, Kevin, Julie, Corey, and the rest of the uh, podcast crew. This is uh, Joe G. from uh, Boston. Uh, Joe G. on the boards. And I'm uh, enjoying a nice warm New England morning. It's uh, 46 degrees around 8 o'clock and uh, I'm running a couple early morning errands and uh, I just uh, left the house and was having this deep conversation with my wife and daughter about uh, some of the things that was on the uh, this week's podcast show dealing with uh, how Disney has changed a few more uh, things at the Magic Kingdom and specifically at Epcot as far as the lights no longer being there for Christmas, uh, which horrified my wife, but kind of got us into talking about certain things at Disney and how they've been changing things in the last several years, and uh, a couple of shows ago, you had a, a listener ask you guys a question about what you'd get rid of at the Magic Kingdom or at Disney World, and I got a question for you guys, which is, uh, I guess, the, the flip side. What has left the Magic Kingdom or Disney World uh, in recent years that you would put back? Uh, I mean, I know personally there's a lot of things. Uh, every time Disney does something, it it kind of affects, uh, in my opinion, things that I used to like at Disney World or Magic Kingdom or Epcot or wherever that now because of... Uh, customer comments they've taken away uh, I'd like to know who those customers are because personally uh, as you guys said Corey you know said about the technology I can't believe that you know the the latest uh, Disney tweak uh, was done to improve the spirit of Christmas at Epcot I know my wife was kind of disappointed to hear that the uh, lights over there were, were removed this season uh, because when we've gone in the past at Christmas time uh, all the extras that they do have at Christmas time just made it that much more special so if you could answer that question I'd really appreciate it if you remember what the question was uh, <laughs> you guys do a great job love hearing you and uh, can't wait for the next show have a great holiday and uh, be listening. Bye now. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Love you. 
<laughs> thank you. Thank you for that, Joe. Uh, you know, well, it's, it's important, I think, important to keep in mind there are two distinct types of changes that go on at Disney. The changes that get made to attractions uh, because it's time uh, to update them or change them or close them or, or whatever. And then there are the changes like the Lights of Winter where it's, uh, you know, irrespective of whatever PR bull they choose to release, uh, they're just looking to cut back. Uh, and it's one of those examples, as we talk, we've talked about, uh, you know, frequently on the show this year, uh, cutting back, charging more, and uh, you walking away with that feeling that somehow, you know, I'm not getting what I paid for. Uh, you want to ask, as far as I'm concerned, uh, what changes in that vein uh, have they made this year that uh, I didn't like? Uh, food and Wine Festival, um, the way they pared it down, no pun intended, uh, this year I thought was uh, was sad. I thought it was really sad that they took an event that has so much, uh, so many people enjoy, and it's not just the food and the wine that people enjoy. It's a lot of these exhibits and extra special things that you can do, even the ones you have to pay for. All that was gone. It was just basically walk around, eat, get drunk, and leave. Um, that was like that should have been the theme for this year's food and wine festival: um, eat, drink, and leave. Because there wasn't much else to do, and that 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 bothered me. And of course, this has nothing to do with, you know, guest satisfaction. This doesn't have to do with enhancing or improving uh, food and wine festival. This has to do with we don't want to spend the money. We want to make the same amount or more that we did last year. We just want to give you less in return, and we want you to accept that and not say anything. Mm, yeah, I got a problem with that. So, in terms of changes, I think right now that's my big one. That's really kind of sticking to my my craw. How about anybody else? I have a couple. I have one. Go ahead. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. I do miss that because I enjoyed that. I mean, I know you can't keep the same ride forever, but that was one ride that was, I mean, it was very basic, but very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Disneyland kept theirs. I know. I've ridden that one. I have three. All at the Magic Kingdom. I think they should put back the Mickey Mouse Review. I think they should put back the all-white Tomorrowland that was originally built, and I think they should put back the apple, apple cobbler as you go over to the bridge where what they call Sleepy Hollow from the hub to uh, um, I can't I Liberty, Square. Liberty, Square. Liberty Square. There's my three. And I would say with the lights of winter, they have that gospel group that performs, I think it's four times a day. So how much are they really saving if they're paying these gospel singers to be there well it depends if they're just handing them a a one-day ticket for you know singing well i can't imagine i mean there's like eight or ten of them that they're doing this four times a day maybe they get two tickets a piece (laughs) yeah well maybe if they're doing that and a 10 percent discount on tchotchkes maybe but i mean if they're getting paid then how much did they really save by getting rid of lights of winter and the ride that i would bring back would be the original version of figment I agree. I agree with that. I would, yeah, the original uh, journey into imagination, not the, the Eric catastrophe. Are you going to come with us Friday night? Because we've got like over a hundred people who are all going to ride Figment together. Mm. That ride's not going to know what to do. <laughs> all in one car. If, uh, I've never it, done it. You know, it. Um, like clowns. I, I think I'd, I, I think I'm going to get root canal that night. <laughs> um, you know, but if not, then yeah, we'll be sure to take pictures and show you. Please, this do. is before drink around the world, right? Yes. I see. Now I can only be tolerated after <laughs> <laughs> drink around the world. 
Um, oh, I hate that ride. I hate it with a passion. I told you, I, I always feel it. more creative when I come out. That's you scary. Know, one little, one little. Because I feel like I feel like I've had a lobotomy <laughs> after I after I finished that run. Hey, I even bought a special figment shirt for Friday night for oh, this. Whoa. Look, don't get me wrong. I'm a, I'm I'm pro figment. I am anti that ride. <laughs> that ride stinks. Yeah, I mean, first I really think much better of all the major attractions, and that you know because of its location and size, that has to be considered a major attraction. It is the worst one on Disney property, hands down, bar none. I don't think there's any carousel of sleep disorders is better than this. Oh, I like carousel of progress. I do too. <laughs> it's a great place to take a nap. Um, but I like to hear the click of the animatronics. <laughs> That's yeah. the tiki birds. Oh, both places. But you know, it just—I think it's—it's—it's it's, it's a shame. I, it's not only a shame that they did it, but I think the real travesty in that attraction is that they have kept it there. All this time, rather than saying, "Wow, you know what? This just really stinks. Let's do this again." Why? Why did it go? It's because there are people like you <laughs> that will go to anything. Who sit there and you know? Well, the second one I didn't like at all. The third one, now it's right. I yeah, like this it. was their. Yeah, this was their 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 answer to the, you know, the first uh, revision on Figment, which was pretty bad. But I don't know. I think they should bring back Horizons. I loved Horizons. That's one I was going to mention. I don't think it's more about, for me, it's not about bringing something back. It's that I'm disappointed with some of the things that are in its place. Like, I'm not a fan of uh, Mission Space. And I think, can't they put something better there? Can't yeah. Epcot have some, you know, you can see Soren. What a great job they do on that. But at least, you know, Mission Space A is a pot, very popular attraction. Yeah. And B, you know, they invested $60 million. In replacing Horizons, okay, you know, yeah, I wish Horizons was there, but you know, like I said, you know, changes like that, I can understand. It's the changes right now that are being done strictly from an economic point of view, like closing the Wonders of Life Pavilion and using it twice during the yeah mm-hmm. Flower and Garden Show. For- Instead of making, uh, you know, if it's obviously not getting traffic, here's an idea, you know, rehab it and make it relevant again. Right. Um, you know, so. How about anybody else? Any? Carissa? Mine's a little bit. It was important to me on the people mover when they changed the spiel that you hear. It, it's not the same ride anymore. Tom Morrow? Yeah. Yep. Paging Mr. Morrow. I miss that. <laughs> Sorry. To Rocket Plaza. But they do let you re-ride now because when they reopened it, they weren't letting you stay on, but now they are. So oh, they, really? did, they did change something, so maybe they'll change the spiel again. Well, everyone knows that I miss Mr. Toad too, Walter. So we're in the same boat. But um, car. It amazes me that <laughs> they will keep something like the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse, which I love that movie. Do not get me wrong, but you can only go up and down those stairs and see that so many times. It's not even a, a ride. And again, I, you know, you talk about relevance. You know, Swiss Family Robinson, yes, a classic. Yeah, but. Mr. Toad is more relevant. It, you're talking about, it doesn't have a lot of relevance. It's about crowd control with something like that. What, three people can go up in that tree at once? <laughs> yeah. I would bet that most of the people in the park don't even know what the Swiss Family Robinson is. I agree. I and, when they're done, and when they're done doing uh, the ascension into the ninth circle of hell, um, <laughs> they, they, they wish they'd never, they'd never known about it because it's just not. It's like you hear people coming out of it all the time going, right. that's it? I thought it was going on something. I'm going to stare at this, you know, make-believe treehouse of make-believe people with their make-believe pajamas. Um, 
you know, I just I think what's you the point take of it? A tour through the park and explain all these rides for us. I I could do that. I could <laughs> do my. I, yeah, I could do you know Pete's magic. Game. Right, that's what I want. <laughs> that's. Uh, I yeah, would but be- that would that would have to, I, that would that would have to be like. Uh, uh, an NC seventeen yeah. rating. <laughs> I would bet that most of the people in the park don't know where Splash Mountain came from because the movie hasn't been out in the in the U.S. for so, so many years. Yeah, it's because yeah. Well, there's a reason for that. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I know Disney had its reasons, but uh, getting rid of River Country that was my big one. Yeah. I, I was sad to see it go. Stay out of the damn lakes, you know. That's why River Country isn't there. Oh, that would have been nice. But River Country was cool. I used to, you know, oh, I used yeah. to go there all the time when we first started coming down here. We lived in Jersey. I used to go to River Country all the time, but you know, now it's storage. Now it's <laughs> yeah. Now it's storage. Now it's full of alligators. And they could take out that speedway. Back or go. People love that though. What speedway? Oh, Tomorrowland the, Speedway. The Tomorrowland, Tomorrowland Speedway. Yeah. Uh, it's loud. It smells. It's a huge waste of space. It takes forever to load. The line is always like three thousand miles long. Yeah, it's environmentally unfriendly. But I think for little kids, I mean, it's it's their probably one and only opportunity that they can pretend yeah, to drive. Yeah, to global global warming. Warming. like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's their one and only opportunity to add a gl- add to global warming. <laughs> this is my carbon footprint. Increase your carbon footprint. <laughs> I'm three years old. My carbon footprint is like I flew here in a private jet. Um, you get to compete to see how many times you can make Al Gore cry. <laughs> <laughs> I want the green car. <laughs> Do you have an electric car? Oh, well, interesting question, Joe. Thank you very much for calling that in. Who has an email they would like to read? I do. Mine comes from Mandy from Michigan. I've been doing research online. There seems to be a lot of companies that offer transportation from MCO to Port Canaveral. We are trying a Royal Caribbean cruise this time and wondered what the best yet least expensive option for transportation is. With so many companies out there, it's hard to know which ones are reputable and will provide us with good service. Thank you very much. Well, I would suggest a, a town car service. I think you're going to get your money's worth from it. But when you're doing your research, I would definitely take a look at how long some of these companies have been in business. Uh, when it comes to the transportation companies in Orlando, there's a, they have a lot of fly-by-night companies. And you just need to be sure. Especially in the tra- – trust me when I tell you, the transportation business in this town is so vile and sleazy, it's – Finding anybody decent and reputable is quite difficult. Trust me on this. I have much, much, much experience with it. And if you've been researching, I'm sure you've looked at the Better Business Bureau. Check that out also. Um, and while you're looking at prices, with, these, with a lot of transportation companies, you need to look at the fine print. While the, if the price is too good to be true, it probably is. A lot of these will, uh, companies will nickel and dime you. I say a lot. Some of them will. Will nickel and dime you for certain things. They may charge you extra for booster seats. They may charge you, um, if you're going to the Magic Kingdom, for example, they may charge you extra for that. If you arrive at a certain time late at night, they may charge you extra for that. Re, uh, check out the fine print. You know, we, we've had a company on the website for a while, FL Tours. You know, they are a sponsor. But, you know, from a one to four people, you can get from MCO to Port Canaveral for about $190 in a town car. And, yeah, as Corey mentioned, we have a financial relationship with FL Tours. Uh, to keep in mind, though, that uh, especially with a lot of these businesses that we advertise on the site, A, we, we do really check them out, and we work with them constantly, so we're aware of, of, of their, reput- their reputations. Royal Caribbean does offer transfers. I 
off the top of my head, I can't tell you much about them, uh, pricing or anything like that. So you could probably book it through Royal Caribbean, especially if you've booked your flight with your cruise. But I think you're going to find, you know, do a little research on the internet, find somebody not affiliated with the uh, with the with the uh, cruise line. I think because Royal Caribbean might use mirrors, so I don't know if you're getting the best price by going through them. See, I can only compare it with Disney because. You know, when a lot of these uh, cruise lines, they'll charge you per person. Disney charges $69 a person. So mm-hmm. you take that times four people, you're going you're gonna to save money. You're going to oh, save yeah. money by paying $190 for a town car. So take that, take that into consideration, too. And a lot of people rent a car one way to go to the port and return it at Cape Canaveral or Coco, and their shuttle will take you over to the boat. And then when they're done... They rent from down there back out to the airport and save money that way too. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. And when you say when I say one hundred ninety dollars, that does not include tip. So factor that in. But you're still saving about over a hundred dollars. Yes. Also, something to keep in mind with what Kathy said. People, I think, sometimes are a little hesitant about driving if they don't know where they're going. Once you come out of the airport, if you take five twenty eight straight across, there are no turns. Right. I mean, we always say keep to- driving until you run into water. Right. Exactly. Until you see boats. It's so mm-hmm. easy to get to the port from our airport. Just bring quarters because it's all tolls. That's true. Cool. All right. Thank you for that, Corey. Uh, we have another voicemail from Katie who has some uh, clarification for us on the discussion we had a few weeks ago regarding military tickets. Someone asked about uh, how to go about getting the uh, discounted tickets that are available for military Katie has some experience with that, and she called in to share it with us. So here is Katie. I will not be corrected. Hmm. Well, <laughs> okay. Hey, Comcast crew. It's Katie, or Tinkfoot, on the board. I was just calling because a few weeks ago you guys had a question about how to receive your military discount tickets. And when we were down in September, we were actually able to get ours at the front of the park ticket booth. Um, we had no problem. took maybe two minutes, and we ran it out. Just let me know where else you can get those tickets at. Um, thanks for everything you do, and I enjoy the show. Keep it up. Well, thank you for that, Katie. Apparently, I will be corrected because I believe I was the one that said you could not get the tickets I at the front gate. So um, we stand corrected. Thank you very much, Katie, for letting us know that. Um, that you can get military tickets at the front of the park. I mean, I just, I, I wonder, did it, you know, I, I'm assuming they, you know, you've got to show a military ID. Mm-hmm. Show yeah, something. It's like every other yeah. discount. You have so, to prove your eligibility for but it. But as long as you've got that, you're you're good to go. So, cool. All right. Who has another email that I you'd like one. to read? Walter. So I returned from a week of Walt Disney World and was suffering from a bad case of post-Disney blues. I started listening to Diz Radio to help overcome the blues. I have become addicted to it while sitting at my desk at work. I would like to have some... The songs on my iPod. Are many of the songs available on iTunes, or is there a CD or two with good Disney songs on it? Love the podcast. Thanks for all you do. This is Patrick Height from Salton, Virginia. P.H. Height on the boards. Um, well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, for example, everything that we play on Diz Radio is all stuff that's publicly available. Um, we've gotten them uh, from, you know, any number of, of CDs we bought. There are so many out there, it's ridiculous. Uh, Amazon.com has proven to be the most, uh, uh, the biggest source of, uh, of those CDs for me. Uh, just doing searches on things like Disney World, 
uh, in music under MP3. Uh, a lot of those will come up. And also when I'm in the parks, um, whenever I'm in any of those stores, I always take a look at the rack of CDs just to see if there's anything new and interesting. Um, like on Diz Radio, we you know mo- most of what we play is really kind of attraction specific. Um, so you know I'm always looking for CDs that have music from the attractions. Disney Disney puts those out all the times, uh, all the time. Not just uh, current attractions, but you can also get um, box sets, especially for Disneyland. There's a great box set. I I'm sorry I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, but there's a great box set of all the original uh, songs and attraction songs and parade songs from uh, from Disneyland back in like the 50s and the 60s. So there is a lot of stuff out there. Uh, there's a real market for it. So Amazon.com is, is definitely one place I would suggest. eBay has it too because I know before eBay, I moved yep. down here, that's where I got my Disney music from. Absolutely. eBay is an, another great source. It's out there. You have to do some hunting. You're not going to walk into a, a store someplace and find it all in one spot. You're going to have to look around and See what you can find, but uh, that's pretty much how I populated the music on Diz Radio. Just you know, kept looking for this and that, and did, did that look in- interesting? And, you know, it's kind of a moot point, but before it closed, Virgin Megastore was a great. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah, it was a great spot to find stuff like that. They still have uh, dead princess dresses. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. Princess. But how many songs do you have on Diz Radio? I mean, that you had to add. Off the top of my head, I couldn't say. It's in the thousands. It's in the thousands. Wow. But it's not just Disney stuff. We had, you know, over the years, I put different stuff up there to play at different times. I kind of leave it in the library. But Getting um, stuff on iTunes is, only, is difficult only because they don't have those compilations. Like, for instance, you might be able to find songs from Mulan, but you're going to have to buy the songs from the Mulan soundtrack. Right. So you would have to form your own compilation. Yeah. Exactly. So hope that... Answers uh, answers your question. Who has another email they would like to read? I do. This is from Jennifer. Dear podcast crew, I am hoping that those of you who have been going to the parks for a number of years can help me out. I went to the parks several times between 1997 and 1999 when I was in high school. I did not go back until my honeymoon in 2005. When I went back, I was very excited to go to Epcot because I wanted to see the flamingos. I remember there being bright pink flamingos, and I felt like they were near the Odyssey. They were not pale pink ones like the ones at Animal Kingdom, but a very bright pink. Well, obviously, those flamingos are not there anymore. My husband and I have been arguing for the past five years about their existence. Wow. He claims that I am imagining I want to see first. a counselor about that. <laughs> Move on. Can anyone on the podcast team confirm or deny that there used to be flamingos? Fl- Bright pink flamingos at Epcot. Always. Also, something I've always wondered about is the connection between Florida and flamingos. Flamingos seem to be an icon of Florida, but they don't seem to live there. Is it just a warm weather association, or do flamingos actually reside in Florida? Floridians are delusional. That's (laughs) why we do stuff like that. I am hoping that someone can help me out with this. It has been an ongoing dispute for my entire marriage. Thank you for all that you do, and keep up the great work and excellent content. Is That's it? from Jennifer. Okay, we, we really have to talk to these Disney fans about, you know, a dispute throughout the length of your marriage over the flamingos and Epcot. Ooh. But I don't, am I just, did I dream this or didn't we discuss this last week? 
Are we to this before? No, we were talking about it. We oh, talked okay, about it okay, one of the okay. weeks that we didn't do the email show. Oh, okay. Um, no, there were flamingos. <laughs> yes. Um, I remember them distinctly. They She's were right. absolutely there. But in the waters by by the Odyssey. By the Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't remember them right, at all. Right by you Mexico. don't remember? Really? No. really? Yeah. Honest, I don't. I know that when you walk into SeaWorld, there are flamingos, mm-hmm. right. but I don't know. And yeah. I, and I, I know remember that them. I know I that I they they were there at some point when I you know when Walter was with me at Epcot. So their their disappearance has definitely been in the last at least the last eight years. Yeah, because yeah, I can remember going back and thinking, weren't there flamingos? Because I, I would always go take a picture. Of them. I never realized until this email them. that they were gone. It's like, oh wait, that's right. I know they why they I know why they're different colors. It's what they eat. Exactly. Right. We took a photo in front of the flamingos when we were here looking for our place we were going to live. The in that case, then why, why aren't I the color of fried chicken? <laughs> what makes you think you're not? You look like Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> I could be chocolate then. Um, the dark pink flamingos eat shrimp. They're Go fed work with Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> the dark pink flamingos are fed a huge diet of shrimp. Uh, the ones at Animal Kingdom are fed their natural diet. And flamingos are not native to Florida. They make their homes in Europe, Africa. South America, Central America, and the Caribbean. And typically when you see them over here, they But some of them do summer in Boca. (laughs) (laughs) They're the symbol of our lottery. That's right. But they they clip their wings here so that they don't escape. escape. Nailing their Mm -hmm. feet to the ground works, too. And they said sometimes they, you know, they escape because of natural disasters such as hurricanes. So you might find a few out in the wild. But God help you if you have one as a lawn ornament in a, a in, in a, celebration. In celebration, they were actually brought to Miami in the '30s. They had an Art Deco look to them, and they mm-hmm. ma- match the Art Deco look of Miami. But there was a guy at one point, like like a midnight bandit, who would go around and put pink la- flamingo lawn things. On people's front lawns around celebration. I've always thought about doing that with one of those gazing balls. I think they should all have one of them in front of their houses. I had one of those. I loved that. Not in celebration. No, not in celebration. The he, celebration was doing it as a sign, he was doing it as a sign of protest to yeah, the homeowners was, association and the rules. And Almost. no one has ever won anything against the homeowners association no. in Florida. So, all right. Well, thank you for that, uh, Kathy. Uh, who else has an email they would like to? Read? I have one. Teresa went already. Oh. Okay. <laughs> she's, she's wearing Greedy. a prison jumpsuit. Don't annoy her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> really. she's, on, she's on the chain gang. She got a nice little V-neck tee. Got, it is, it's actually a very pretty color on you. Out of minutes, she got to pick up trash. After this, she has to pick up trash along the highway. <laughs> 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 This is from James in Brick, New Jersey. I've been looking at the Disney dining plan for 2009 and 2010, and I noticed that in 2010, a significant number of restaurants are no longer on the plan. Why is this happening? James, this happens every year when Disney releases or Disney works on their packages for the following year, the upcoming year. They put together their restaurant list for the dining plan, and they almost always leave off all of the partner restaurants the restaurants that aren't Disney-owned and operated. And it has to do with the fact that they have to go and they have to sign a contract with those restaurants and get them to agree to what the point values are and all that stuff. Every year they have to negotiate them. You'll see these restaurants get added to the dining plan as the year goes on. But 
every year this happens, and every year people freak out. Why isn't Le Cellier on there, or why isn't Chefs de France on there? They'll definitely be on there for next year. And there'll year. be an updated list usually in January that comes out. Correct. So just keep checking back for that. But don't panic. Don't worry. They're not taking away restaurants yet. They'll take away food items. They'll take away <laughs> gratuities. They'll take right. away all sorts of other things. But they won't take away the actual restaurants. Not yet. So, all right. Thank you for that, John. Uh, Teresa. I like this shirt. Okay. It's a lovely <sighs> shirt. It really is. Okay. A- I've got one here. I don't want to send this guy a shirt or a pin or anything. <laughs> it's Jimmy Leonard. Okay, he oh. sent me a message this morning. All right, well, you know, first, just, you know, for context, uh, Jimmy Leonard is somebody uh, that has uh, friended a few of us here uh, on the on the show via Facebook, and he and I have a tongue-in-cheek ongoing little uh, repartee that we do where, you know, I'll post things like, you know, we'll be in Walt's apartment in Disneyland, and I'll post something, you know, another place Jimmy Leonard isn't. Um, did that on the cruise, you know, take a picture of Castaway Key, Jimmy Leonard's not here. Well, he's here right now. He's here in, in town. He's actually you know, we're going to meet him for the first time at the Toy Story I can't Mania. Wait to meet and him. he wants to know who the heck is Delilah. We've been listening to ninety four point nine Christmas music while here, and she's on every night. When I hear, I don't know Delilah. whether I'm tripping yeah. or something bad, or if I'm being talked down from a ledge. She makes me crazy. <laughs> I love Delilah. Oh they yeah, Delilah. She's like on, on all over the country. She, well, evidently yeah. Jimmy don't get her on his choo choo train because then he a train driver or something. Yeah. So. <laughs> Jimmy don't get her on his choo choo train. <laughs> I believe I believe he works for New Jersey Transit. This is language. So he's one of those. He's one of those train drivers. This is language she picked up in prison. She's suitcasing. She's suitcasing. Don't ask us. <laughs> oh, she's now. Teresa's taking a throwing things at. Uh, she threw paper she's got at Walter a shiv. before. Shank. Anyway, don't send Shank. him a shirt or anything. What's a shiv? A shiv. It sounds like something Yiddish. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm thinking. She's got a shiv. It would be a pretty shirt if it didn't have the black numbers or where the breast oh, pocket stop. would be. <laughs> no, it's just the designer is DOC. <laughs> I have it in other colors, too. Do they look like prison clothes? Black and white stripes. <laughs> <laughs> Working on the chain gang. Oh, Lord. Well, Jimmy Leonard. Huh. I can't wait to meet him, though. Yeah, I can't either. That'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. Well, you know, I, I told, uh, you know, I was on, on, on uh, I was up quite late last night uh, and uh, was on Facebook and uh, told Jimmy that uh, if he wears the Diz thong, and runs through Toy Story Mania, I'll give him a podcast cruise. His wife was like, oh, God, no, don't. I have to live with this. I have to be seen with him. Don't, don't you dare. Don't you dare. Told Dave Barfoot the same thing. Watch five, everybody show up in five minutes running. <laughs> five minute, Five-minute photo up. Five-minute photo up. Oh, good. I'll be sure to bring my camera. Oh, Lord. I Trust me, neither one of them is going to get into a thong in front of 700 strangers. So This is the last time we'll be able to go to Toy Story Mania. <laughs> <laughs> We've been banned. Bring your little towel to wipe the seat. <laughs> <laughs> Our final voicemail comes to us from Erica, who has what I think is probably one of the neatest stories about how she met another one of our listeners. So here is Erica. Hi, podcast team. This is Erica from Maine, three Disney kids on the boards, and one of the winners of the first podcast cruise. And I got to tell you, a 
not a day goes by that my kids don't mention that cruise in one way or another. What an amazing family vacation we had. And I just sincerely thank you so much for the gift and the opportunity. It was just a, a wonderful, wonderful time for us. I'm calling today not with a question, but with a fun story that happened a few months ago. My family and I, we were on vacation for a quick weekend getaway in Niagara Falls. And as my husband likes to say, we went from the happiest place on earth to the tackiest place on earth. And if you've ever been to Niagara, you, you know why I say that. But I was out for a run early one morning, and of course, Niagara Falls is surrounded by water. There's lakes everywhere in the falls themselves and waterways and everything else. And I'm jogging on the path, and as I am listening to the podcast, I say out loud along with Pete as he's ending the show, stay out of the damn lakes. And of course, I had my earbuds in, so I said it really loudly. Well, there was a gentleman running on the path in front of me, and when I said, stay out of the damn lakes, he stopped in mid-stride and turned and looked at me, which is when I realized what I had done, and I thought, oh my God, this man's going to think I'm insane. I I have to say something. I have to figure out a way to explain myself in some way. And so I slowed down to a walk, and I pulled my earbuds out, and I was about ready to explain it when he said, are you listening to the podcast? And I said, yes, as a matter of fact, I am. And, of course, we enjoyed a a good laugh and a fun conversation. Um, But the funniest part of all of this was he just said, are you listening to the podcast? He didn't say, are you listening to the Diz Unplugged or are you listening to Pete or anything like that? Just the podcast because, you know, like there's only one podcast on the entire planet. So we had a great conversation and a quick shout-out to my new buddy, JJ, from Toronto. And thanks, as always, for a great show. Bye. Are there other podcasts? I've never listened to one. I, I think that's a cute story. That's a really of all places. You know, you're jogging around Niagara Falls, and should we sing? It's a small world after all. Mm-mm, no, you should. <laughs> if you want to go into the bathroom and practice, lock the door behind her. Do it to yawning. <laughs> I like how she like said it along with you. Like that's not crazy. <laughs> Well, she was running. That's crazy <laughs> enough right there. <laughs> you know, I'm sure she running. was like, you know, delirious as it was from like running in Niagara Falls. But uh, I just, I love hearing stories. Of, you know, we, you know, we hear stories all the time about people running into the listeners um, in the parks uh, and on occasion in, in some strange places. But I think jogging in Niagara Falls has got to be the most unique story we've heard so far. That's very cool, Erica. I really appreciate you calling that in. Um, before we go, I just want to remind everybody, this is actually will be our last email show of the year. Uh, our next show on uh, December 14th. No. Wow. Wednesday. 14th. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm trying to make sure that I wouldn't have the date right. right. It's the 16th. Yeah, yeah, the, 13th. the show goes the up Sunday on the 16th. The I don't know where I get the 14th from, but um, our next show, which will go up on Wednesday, December 16th, will be uh, the live taping uh, that we're going to do this coming Sunday. Uh, so it's... Uh, you know, we're not going to have an email show, so wanted to make sure everyone was aware of that. So that is going to do it for our show this week. We hope you enjoyed it, and we will be back with you again next Wednesday with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Thanks for listening, and remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Boy, I missed the timing on that one, didn't I? <laughs> Corey's fault. Yeah. Everything's Corey's fault. And now everything's Corey's responsibility, too. <laughs> Thank you.